0: the Eclectic Collection podcast. Today, episode 36, so close. And oh boy, does that describe exactly how I felt. If you felt a little hiatus in things lately, I have too, because I was disappeared for a little bit. I had to uh, handle uh, helping out a friend, if you want to call it that, slash attend an event in Florida. And we'll be talking much more about that in future episodes. But for now, Suffice to say that traveling doesn't usually bother me, but I don't like when things end up like an episode of Planes, Trains and Automobiles. I got down to Florida a few weeks ago and my flight was seamless. I had absolutely no problem, glitches, time crunch, nothing. It was almost too good to be true, especially in this climate right now of Missing flight attendants, missing pilots, people freaking out on airlines, things getting canceled. I was very lucky. Everything was super great. So I was just totally excited that I could get off of the uh, plane, go get my luggage. And I had to meet a prearranged person to pick up a rental car. It was a specialty rental car that had a handicapped lift in it. And I went to meet the person. They were there, everything was great. And they show up with this beautiful, shiny, silver, brand new vehicle. And showed me all the toys and whistles, showed me everything that went with it. It was really cool. I, I kind of felt like, uh, Michael Ryder in, uh, Knight Rider because I could just talk to it and be like, Hey kid, come get me. It was very cool. Had a lot of, um, modern technological whatnots and also very helpful things for handicapped individuals. So I was like, Oh, this is great. Thanks for the tutorial. I leave, and I had about a 30-minute drive to get to my resort. The place I was staying was new to me, but GPS, what it is, it was maybe a half hour from the airport. It was in the Orlando area, of course. And I was hitting a little bit of traffic, I would say. I got in about, it was a Saturday night, around 8.30, and it was probably 9 or 9.30 by the time that I got on the road and was able to start moving. So I figured it would be about 10 when I got to... The resort. I'd called ahead. Again, everything was totally working out great. Friends of mine were meeting me there and they weren't quite there yet, but they were going to meet me there and I had to catch up with them. I was slightly afraid that I was going to be a little bit late, but that's par for the course with me. And they were patiently going to stop by Walmart and pick up some cases of water and things that we needed for the week. So it was no problem. I trek along no problem at all five minutes away from where it says my destination is i start to merge from infamous i4 which is a very very busy thoroughfare uh it's just honestly take your life in your hands people sort of weave in and out with no expectations of safety whatsoever in florida um i don't know pa drivers i think were a little better than most but florida drivers are scary so They just cut you off, don't care. And a lot of it's tourism, too. So even though the normal people that live there all the time own I-4, it's really not theirs because you have people coming with all different license plates, constantly weaving in and out and trying to get back and forth to the various theme parks and places. So I understand it's not necessarily Floridians, but everybody's rocking a Florida license plate because we've all rented. And I'm one of them. But I, of course, am following the rules. And it goes down to maybe a mile an hour right where I-4 merges onto 192, which is exactly where I know how to get my bearings. I know I'm close. I thought "Eh, It says a six minute delay. I'll just wait it out. What am I going to do? So I wait, I wait. Eventually traffic stops and it's a complete standstill despite it being a six lane highway. Totally dead stop. I'm in a little bit of traffic behind me, but pretty much I'm at the tail end because I had just arrived. And out of nowhere, bam, I get punched from behind with God knows what vehicle it made a terrible noise and unfortunately with car accidents it always sounds worse than it actually is or even looks but I wasn't waiting for it so it was good and bad because I didn't see what was coming behind me and we were in a dead stop um me myself and I being we but we were in a dead stop and I wasn't expecting it so I was actually a little bit more relaxed but then of course when I got hit I started freaking out and adrenaline Within not even 30 seconds later, bam, I get hit again and pushed. Thank God my foot was on the brake. I was afraid of hitting the person in front of me. That person thankfully heard and saw the original crash and veered to the right just enough that my rental vehicle did not go into anyone else. So that was a real big win. But at this point, I'm like, are you kidding? So I put the car in park. I turn on my hazards. I jump out. I'm very disoriented, I'm shaking, I'm nervous, and I've certainly been in accidents before, but hit twice within 30 seconds from behind and I'm in a rental, great. So generally speaking, if you're hit from behind, it's not your fault. So I'm at least feeling good that I didn't do this, I didn't hit anybody else, not my fault. I walk to the back of the vehicle and I see, and I'm in like a minivan situation kind of a thing, and behind me is a little Chevy Malibu with parts front and back, strewn about all over i4 not a good thing unfortunately it's a twin brother sister set of seniors that are from new york totally paranoid totally upset have never been in an accident before and you know they don't know what to do but i thought that car is so little and it's a lot of damage they were behind me i thought in my rear view well it turns out they weren't the ones that did the hitting behind them was a large black SUV with a couple of gentlemen in it that let's just say they weren't with themselves mentally at all and had zero control of their faculties while driving. We'll go back to them in a second. So I went to the kid's car and I kicked into teacher mode. I was like, are you all right? Is everybody okay? The sister, it was a brother's sister said, the sister was crying. She was really upset. The guy was driving. He was really nice. Um, little shaken up I said okay put your flashes on calm down put the car in park I told the sister to call their family and I said you know let's go take pictures of everything right now you never know I'll go talk to this person behind you he's okay so I go to the back car which is what caused the accident those two guys don't get out of their car they don't say anything they put down their window like we were having a party in the street for fun and I said uh so you okay? And the guy's like, "Yeah, man, I'm fine. What's going on?" And I thought, oh boy, right away, I knew this was the equivalent of Cheech and Chung. They were older than me. They were probably, actually, I think they were late 50s, possibly early 60s, and I thought, "Great, Glad to see you're still behaving like you're 15." I said, "You know, uh, we're in an accident. We were. Yeah, we were, and you caused it. I did. Yeah, buddy, you did. Uh, Have you looked at the parts all over the road that you just caused? I did that? That was me? When? Uh, About 30 seconds ago. So I'm literally walking him through what happened. We're in the middle of traffic. Now everybody else is psychotically annoyed because it's already traffic, and now we've made another problem. So I said, here's what's going to happen. We're all going to take a little stroll over and get through the next three lanes because we were dead center middle. We're going to go to the right on the shoulder. We're going to put our blinkers on, and we're going to pull as far right as we can. Everybody cool with that? Okay. So the kids complied. The guys complied. Once they complied, I got in. I kind of stopped traffic, directed traffic, and took over the control freak that I am and then went over to my vent hole and moved everything. So we were still in the same order that we were. And unfortunately, there was just car debris, but that had to be uh, scraped up a bit. But we just left the little... Shards of things where they were I dialed 911 And to their credit Police, ambulance and the local sheriff Were there in less than six minutes Here's where the problems begin They came in, picked up all the stuff Firemen came over to us, tagged our cars Ambulance asked anybody if they needed assistance And luckily all vehicles were Fairly drivable despite their appearance And everyone was okay So as my dad always said You can fix metal, you can't fix people So everybody was just shaken up And nervous, But nobody was actually injured and that's all that mattered. And at that point, even if I did feel like going for whatever twinges that I had, I was not leaving the scene of the the accident because those two guys had no clue what was up and I didn't want to take advantage of the teenagers that was there. Plus I was like, "Um, you don't even know what happened. Somebody needs to tell the authorities that. So the policeman comes over and he says, I can't take your report. I said, why not? He said, I'm not highway patrol. And unfortunately, you're still on the highway. You're less than a mile out but I can't legally take your report. So I told him my concerns, that not only were we all hit from behind, but that I think those two gentlemen are not quite right. Honestly, I did not smell anything. I did not witness anything except for their behavior. And being a teacher, it's all about observable data. And my observable data was that they were not right. Something was seriously wrong. And they were definitely involved in some sort of substance that I couldn't see or detect, but it had obviously already taken place. What made it worse was that we had to wait for highway patrol. Well, I four had about ten accidents on it already. This was about ten twenty at night. He says you just have to sit tight and wait. So now we're on the side of the road and all the emergency vehicles leave and it starts to rain, because that's what it does in Florida. So we all get in our cars and we sit through a little storm and we wait and we wait. I call my friends to tell them, listen, sorry, got in an accident hate to make you sit in a Walmart parking lot because they couldn't get into the facility until I got there and checked in, but obviously they were more concerned about me than getting into the hotel, so I said, I'll get there as fast as I can, so sorry, okay, fine. Get everything squared away, waiting, waiting, rain stops, get back out of the car, no dice, just sitting and waiting, it's been about a half an hour. After 45 minutes, the two gentlemen were getting antsy and really wanted to leave I said, you really need to stay, scene him an accident, got to be here. After an hour, I called 911 again to say, hey, remember us? Anybody coming? They're like, yeah, yeah, we're just really busy. We'll get there. An officer's been dispatched. Okay, ETA, oh, he'll be there in like eight or nine minutes. Let's just say that eight or nine minutes came and went very, very quickly and no. Suddenly, a random man starts walking across the six lanes of traffic, which is still stop and go, stall and go, and climbs over the median, screaming and cursing at traffic to stop. And I'm thinking, great, we're going to get murdered tonight in addition to not ever having the highwaymen show up. It turned out to be the father of the twins. He walked from the facility, the five plus miles, to get there to be with his kids because they had the car that they had taken from New York. I'll give him major points for that because I don't know that I would have been able to do that. I don't know why uh, later his wife would show up in an Uber. I probably would have done that. But he got there and started ranting, you know, who's responsible for this? Cars aren't toys. Classic overreactive dad response. And the two gentlemen are like, I guess that would be us. I'm like, oh boy, this is going to get ugly fast. I kind of was waiting for him to start throwing down with the guys, but luckily he never did. And he calmed his daughter down and asked what happened. I explained who I was and my uselessness to that situation, but it was all good at that point. And later on, his wife showed up about 15 minutes later from an Uber. Well, as we're waiting and waiting and still waiting, and I explained that I had called again, the passenger from the third vehicle that did all the hitting shanks the Uber that the mom arrived in, and leaves with some object. I don't know what it was. It was a bag of sorts. Don't know what was in it, and just leaves. Now, it's not illegal for the passenger to leave the site, but given the state of affairs, I was wondering exactly what he may have left with. And I'm still left to speculate, because I don't think I'll ever know, nor I doubt would they admit, but, hmm. So, that was shady behavior on my opinion, but what do I know? It took approximately another hour and a half before Highway showed up. Once Highwayman showed up, uh, luckily, he took of our statements. It took about 20 more minutes for everybody to give their statements. Of course, he separated us and we all had to tell our side of the story and get a crash report, which the rental company, who I had since contacted, told me, you have to have a crash report. Otherwise, we're not going to be able to settle this. I'm like, okay, don't want to make a paperwork nightmare for myself later Knew it wasn't my fault, so I wanted to make sure I had whatever I needed. As I'm looking at the badge of the policeman, I notice that he has a Hispanic-sounding last name. So I take a shot in the dark, ask him if he speaks Spanish. He says yes, which was great because I was within earshot of the gentleman and wanted to explain that the other guy left and my thoughts on what exactly was going on and how he scared the kids. So he said, I understand. Put it in the report. No problem. Life's good. Eventually, everybody was able to give their statement, get a, a copy and move on. I come to find out that the kids were not only from New York and I'm from P.I. So we were sort of the northerners, but they were actually in the cheer competition that was going on at Disney, which I wasn't involved in, obviously. But the gentlemen thought that they were going to pass off that they were there as well. Yet they had no cheer paraphernalia in their vehicle and no child either. So kind of interesting. Um, and the, the twins would go on to tell me, you know, we were there all night, saw so many teams, um, didn't see them. So I was like, ah, yeah, you know, kind of, again, shady story. But they were super nice and um, actually graduating. So hopefully that is happening soon or will happen. And I wish them well. But uh, they were Xander and Kendall and they were extremely Nice kids. And I thought it was interesting because not only were they very mature and well behaved and totally in a traumatic situation that they hadn't been through before, but when I went to leave and we were all finally good to go, they came up to me, shook my hand and said, thank you so much for keeping us calm and talking us through it. I really appreciate it, which takes a lot to do, especially for an 18 year old. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, And again, uh, hopefully it all worked out for everybody so we go on to our day i come to find out that they're staying at the same resort that i'm staying in although unfortunately i would not cross paths with them again and it was sad that i had to meet them under the circumstances with which i did but i go home i go about my week i do what i have to do i get back i talk to the people and when i went to return the vehicle luckily i had the least amount of damage took pictures gave her the report explained and um, they were super great at the place told me just let me know when you get home and Talk to your insurance. So I said, okay. I go home. I talk to my insurance. I explain the situation. I send them the pictures. I give them the crash report. And about a day or so later, I get a call back from my agent. And he's like, um, terror weird thing. I said, what? He's like, I could verify everything you said. I could verify everything the twins said. Talk to them. Talk to the cop. But uh, the people that caused the accident never even reported it to their insurance company. Turns out the man who evaded the scene was actually the renter, not the man that was driving, which is a no-no. But they didn't see the need or any reason why they had to report that situation because they didn't feel that they were involved in an accident. I said, wow. So I disclosed my thoughts to my agent about what I thought was exactly going on with them. And he said, oh, I would agree. So apparently... It's still being dealt with, and luckily it's not my problem to deal with, but um, wow, total denial. It's amazing how multiple people can see the same situation, and yet somebody always seems to have the view from, oh, I don't know, their head firmly planted not where it belongs, possibly in the ground or in other orifices. It just boggles me. And the other part of that is uh, it wasn't a hit and run, but I felt like it could have been. Don't be a jerk on the highway. If you're involved in an accident, stop. Check on the human. Who cares about the car? Yes, there's a lot of grief that goes with it. I get it. Yes, insurance rates may go up and it could be horrible, but in the end game, ask yourself if you'd rather have the human or the car, because I'm pretty sure it should be the human, just saying. It's just not a cool thing to do. Hitting and running, not cool. Certainly driving under any sort of influence. I never did find out what it is. I hope I do someday, but I get the vibe I won't. Something was not right with those guys. And the sad part is they were adults and should have known better. But you just don't get behind the wheel of a car if you're not able to drive. For whatever reason. I don't care if it's cold medicine, you actually were drinking or doing God knows what. Or you just don't feel right, you're sleepy, whatever. More accidents are caused a year by sun glare and people falling asleep at the wheel in, in reality, then a lot of other things, it's sort of like getting struck by lightning or eaten by a shark. You just don't think about those statistics. But it is um, really popular uh, to, oh, I'll make it, I'll make it. And then they actually don't. So be careful. That's sort of my moral takeaway today. Don't be a jerk on the road. Be careful on the road and make sure that you are in control of your vehicle and that you make the decision to safely get to wherever you have to get. If you liked what you heard today, check us out at the TheEclecticCollectionPodcast.com or follow us on your preferred platform. I'm Terry Tanaglia. Thanks for listening.